All right, you guys can see it okay still? Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so today we're finishing Mark 14. Finally, as you can see, it's 72 verses long. <laughs> it's a super long chapter. So we're finishing Mark 14 today, and we'll read it and discuss it, as always. Um, they took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders, and the teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple and made with human hands, and in three days will build another, not made with hands. Yet even then their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses? he asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists, and said, Prophesy! And the guards took him and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene, Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, This fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. The word of the Lord. What are our initial thoughts? On this passage, I always get confused on the numbers, on the on the uh, calling of the crow or the uh, rooster. It's not actually three, but two that we came to, and the denial was three. I think so. Um, I actually did not check the other gospels to see if they were all the same on that one. That might be worth checking. Yeah. Before the rooster crows. Maybe the other one does say before the rooster crows three times. But even if it did, before three well, would still also be before two. So it could be okay. the same. Or it could just be the writer's misremembering, honestly. That happens a few places in the Gospels. I know that the one thing I remember is that the rooster will crow after three denials. Mm -hmm. that, that I remember from somewhere. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know which gospel that came from, but I think it, one of them said that. Mm hmm. Carol? Anything stand out to you? Straightforward to me today. Nothing confusing. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. We're moving, obviously, into Jesus's what's called the Passion of Jesus, which is the his um, trial, torture, and execution before he rises from the dead. So it's kind of this week and next week are like the intense, intense weeks, obviously, where we're going to kind of look in depth at the trial, torture, and execution of our Lord Jesus. Um, this message. Today's message will end up being more educational than applicable. Um, I think I say that sometimes to you guys where sometimes the weeks are educational. And it's like we're learning about the history or the context of the Bible. Um, and other weeks, it's more like this is how you need to live your life. You know, like there's a little bit of a difference depending on the, the text we're looking at. This week is definitely going to be one of the more educational um as we look a little bit at the history and the, um, what did you say? The story of Jesus and of the Bible. The next chapter shows the trial before the Roman government, Pontius Pilate. So that's chapter 15. But this one is before the Sanhedrin, a term which refers to all the Jewish religious leaders. Uh, do you guys remember way back at the beginning of Mark? Um, we'll do a quick refresher on the four main religious sects in first century Judaism. Um, do you guys remember this at all? I know we talked about it at the very beginning of... I think I remember mm -hmm. sharing this with, mm -hmm. with us, uh, explaining uh, the characteristics and their beliefs. Yeah. I think one of them, how they handled afterlife, I think one of them was a little bit different than the others. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Sadducees were the ones who did not believe in the resurrection. They were the ones who believed, um, it, it says repeatedly in the Gospels, the Sadducees did not believe in resurrection. Um, that was their bel religious beliefs. They were also very wealthy because they thought that the way to... Uh, sorry, they thought the way for Israel to flourish was by siding with Rome, their powerful oppressor. The Pharisees were probably what Jesus may have been. Remember, they called Jesus a rabbi? So he probably would have been a Pharisee, um, which is ironic. We always think of him as being like the enemy of the Pharisees. Uh, but politically and theologically, he's the most like them, actually. Um, Jesus may have been a Pharisee. They wanted liberation from Rome and wanted Israel restored to its former glory. The Zealots wanted to violently overthrow Rome, and which led to many revolts against Rome. The Essenes sought purity through asceticism and fleeing the polluted culture. So they often lived in the desert away from civilization. John the Baptist was likely an Essene. So the Sanhedrin refers to the leaders of all four sects coming together, although probably primarily the Pharisees and Sadducees. So although those are four different sects and they usually um, would not operate together, 
In this case, whenever you see the Sanhedrin, it's leaders probably from most, if not all, of the groups, um, in this case, coming together to work against Jesus, to try him, uh, you know, to put him to a trial. So all the religious tribes were turning against Jesus, not just one, and they all wanted him dead so badly that they held a secret illegal meeting just to put him on trial and find him guilty. The trial, I don't know if you caught this, was in the middle of the night. Why would you hold a trial in the middle of the night unless you were up to something shady and didn't want others to find out? If they actually believed they could get Jesus killed properly, like through the usual channels, they could have just waited and held his trial in broad daylight in front of everyone. You know, that's what you usually do. You put them in prison, hold them for a day, and then try them in the daylight. This is not what they did with Jesus. They arrested him, and right then gathered everyone and had a quick, hasty meeting. It's also against Jewish law to kill anyone, which is why they were looking for viable evidence to present to the Roman officials so that they could kill Jesus. Remember, this is the Jewish trial. We have the Jewish trial of Jesus, and the next day before Pontius Pilate, you have the Roman trial of Jesus. So that's why the claim that Jesus would destroy the temple was the most convincing argument out of all the ones that were laid out, since obviously the Romans also did not want their property destroyed. By this point in history, they were tired of squashing Jewish revolts, so if the Sanhedrin could convince the Romans that Jesus was another revolt leader, the Romans would likely be willing to kill Jesus for them. Does that make sense? You're tracking with all the different parties involved? So what they're looking for here is evidence to take to Rome to say, look, this guy's going to lead a revolt. You should kill him. And that's basically what they tried to dig up and what they found. Now, earlier in the book, Jesus had said he would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. But the text points out that the temple he was referring to was his own body, the current dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus remained silent during the trial, partly to fulfill prophecies from Isaiah about the Messiah being silent before his accusers. Remember that passage in Isaiah? I think it's Isaiah 53. I'm quiet like a lamb before the slaughter. But I also think he partly did it to shame his accusers, as seen in Proverbs, subtly calling them fools. Proverbs 26.4 says, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. Then when Jesus does open his mouth to confirm that he is the Messiah, they finally lose it and decide they have enough evidence to kill him. Meanwhile, Peter is nearby and is denying Jesus all along. Three times he's asked if he knew Jesus, and he denies it every time. Like we talked about last week, there's a big difference between Peter and Judas. Both men betrayed Jesus at critical points in his life. Peter out of fear, and Judas out of greed. But they had very different endings. Judas was the one who could not return to Jesus and face him again therefore being forgiven and accepted back, so he went and hung himself. 
Peter, on the other hand, denied knowing Jesus at the moment of Jesus' greatest need and felt terrible about it. However, after Jesus rose from the dead, Peter doesn't run from Jesus, but returns to him, and Jesus welcomes him back. He actually asks Peter the three questions, presumably undoing the three times Peter denied Jesus before. If you remember, I think it's the end of John, or yeah, I think it's John, um, Peter comes back and Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And he asks him basically, do you love me three times? And every time Peter says, yes, I do. And I think he's not doing this to like shame Peter, but he's doing it because he's like undoing the three denials of Peter. So he's like, Peter, I'm undoing this. You're back in, you're back in the fold. You're back with me now. When we mess up and feel like the right thing to do is to run from God, we will always be wrong. The Bible is a story of God moving toward his people. From Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, um, they sinned for the first time ever. And what does God do? Does he run away from them? The first thing God does is he moves toward them. We have to remember that God is always moving toward his people. The best thing to do is to be like Peter, acknowledge we messed up, and go to God in prayer, repentance, and humility. He will always welcome us back with open arms, always undoing the times we've denied him. Any final thoughts? Reflections on this passage? Like, where did they have this trial for Jesus? Was it in the temple area? Um, I don't think it said. I'm not sure it said. That's a good question. Um, it could have been in the temple. Seems like the temple would be the only place. The San, Sanhedrin was low, uh, where they was their home in the temple. I'm actually San not Hedrin's sure. Like a, Sanhedrin's like the United Nations, isn't it? Essentially, of all the religious sects. Am I wrong on that one? No, you're right. Okay, so according to Google. The Hall of Hewn Stones. The Sanhedrin had to wait overnight to pass the sentence. All trials had to take place in the Hall of Hewn Stones, the official place for trials located in the temple. So it was in the temple. Thank you for the research. Yeah. Isn't technology cool? We can just look it up. Yeah, so I guess the general consensus is that it was in the temple. Yeah. What about you, Carol? Any other final thoughts? Um. It certainly must have been uh, quite a chore to get all four of them together since their police were. The thought I had was. Um... 
it reminded me of the election we had where everything changed in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Things can change. Shady things happen in the middle of the night, yeah. <laughs> including with Jesus. Back then, too. Yeah. Um, Human nature. Yeah, I guess so. Doing the dirty deeds in the darkness. Um, well, next week, I wanted to, we'll probably spend a little bit of time reflecting on the torture and killing of Jesus. Um, but this week, we can just kind of wrap it up there. Um, do we have any prayer requests? Yes, 